Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Who had a great week? I had an absolutely sensational week. Do you know what? Where we live in this country, on the sunshine, even a bad week is a good week in my book. I just think, you know what? I'm going I'm to get happy every single chance, every moment that I, I get. And, uh, you know, this morning we're talking about... Uh, and, I, and I see this, and I'm gonna, I want to change it. It says the, the struggle is real, but I actually want to say this morning that the promise is real. The, the Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen. Uh, that he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That he causes us to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. That he leads, leads us into victory. Uh, and and I want to I encourage you this morning, this struggle may be real, but God is a God that sticks closer than a brother. And uh, so, so the title of my message this morning is Looking Unto Jesus. We're going to be talking about dealing with grief, but overarching from that, it's, it's looking unto Jesus. And I love that song. I love that, that this is how we should do life. This is how we should make decisions. This is how we should travel through tough times, looking to Jesus. Not looking to other things, other solutions, other possibilities. Just saying, oh, God, I'm looking to you. I'm looking for you. I, I need you. I need you in the middle of, of what I'm facing and what I'm challenged by. And, and I'm looking to you because you're my certainty. You're my hope. You're the anchor of my salvation. You're the, 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 the foundation of my life. I, I'm looking to you. And that's what the word says. It says, I lift my eyes to the hills to where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Amen. And uh, you know what? Last week we were in America and it was great. And it was a real quick trip. We had to go over and do some business. And... Uh, I wasn't meant to preach. I was scheduled. I, I rang through and, and sent an email. I said, do you want me to preach? They said, no, we just want you to come and sit and enjoy and be with Melissa. I went, fantastic. I get a weekend off. Uh, and then somewhere midweek, I think it was about Wednesday, Thursday, Jürgen, uh, who some of you will have met, said, why aren't you preaching on Sunday? And in my head, I was saying, because you said I wasn't. But I said, oh, I can if you want. So he said, well, you're preaching Sunday night. Said, fantastic. So this is the largest church in our movement. They've got eight and a half thousand members, six campuses so far, and they're you know just really growing rapidly. Uh, and then Saturday night, Jurgen had flown to Salt Lake City. Saturday night, Melissa and I were there, and we wanted to cook Leanne dinner so she didn't have to go out for dinner. She could just relax. And at about five o'clock, she said, "I'm not feeling too well." I went, "Okay." And she said, "Will you preach tomorrow?" I said. Sure I will. And so I went from not preaching at all to preaching three times. We went south San Diego and preached two services, jumped in the car, packed our bags, went north, preached there, jumped in the car, headed to uh, LAX and flew straight home. Uh, But the good thing is there was 22 first-time decisions. People got healed. People got delivered. So come on. Thank you for releasing us to do what we sometimes have to do. Um, But it's great. It's great to be back. And uh, it's a privilege to have... Uh, Phil and Rebecca here this morning. I, I got to do their wedding on Friday. Can we just congratulate these guys? Great to have you here, an extended family, and Auntie Penny, uh, all the way from C3 Atlanta. So it is a great church. I've been there a few times, and uh, it's nice to have you here this morning. Pete and Emanuela, congratulations. These guys are newly married as well. Can we? It's good to have all the newlyweds in church. I can't wait for the baby dedication. Anyway, I just can't wait. It's, it's amazing to have you guys here in church. Hey, in Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus faced grief in life, just like you and I do, and he overcame it, and so can we. It says he endured the cross, scorning its shame, uh, and has now sat down at the right hand of the Father. Everybody say, looking unto Jesus. Our focus is dealing with grief, but I want to suggest to us this morning that one of the best ways we can deal with grief is to look to Jesus. One of the best ways we can process and, and gain wisdom and understanding about what we're facing is to look to Jesus. And, and grief's just a natural part and process of life. At some point, every single one of us will face a moment of grief, a season of grief, and we'll have to walk it through. And as believers, we're called to travel through it and not be consumed by it. God doesn't want you consumed by grief. Grief is natural, but it needs to be processed and walked through. And in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because Jesus, you're with me. You're my rock. You're my salvation. You're my light. You're my hope. You're with me. You're holding me, carrying me through even death itself. And you know what? The reason we can look to Jesus for comfort and for strength and for answers um, when we're traveling through a time or season of grief is because he too faced the same grief and felt the same emotions and pains that we feel in life today. Though he was fully God, he also became fully man and experienced the emotions, the, the, the trials, the challenges that you and I face. He's not uh, unaware, he's not unsympathetic to what you and I face, to the weights that we carry, to the, you know, to, to the pains that, that, because he himself felt them. You know, in John 11, Starting in verse 32, it says, Then when Mary came to Jesus, to where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with Jesus loved these people. Je these were Jesus' friends. They were close. They were intimate. They, this isn't just a, a random coming up. This is, this is a close friend coming to Jesus. He saw her weeping. He felt her pain. And it goes... Um, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews came with her weeping. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he says, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how much he loved him. So again, although he was fully God, he became fully man. So he could experience what we experience. So he could take victory and dominion over life and death itself. So that we too could get through the griefs that we face in life. Amen. And, you know, I just want to suggest to us today that it's really important that we don't suppress our grief or deny that, that it exists, but actually to walk it through and to process it. Otherwise, it becomes this debilitating force that binds us in life, that holds us bound and, and, and reduces our ability to move forward towards the things uh, that God has called us to. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but Jesus, knowing that he was about to die, was grieved to the extent of sweating blood. He was in such grief and such internal turmoil that, that he was actually sweating blood. In Luke 22, verse uh, 41, it says, 
and, and, <clears throat> and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then the angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. He felt the full weight of the journey that laid ahead and cried out to his father saying, if there's any other way, if you can take this from me, if I don't have to do this, please let that be the case. But nonetheless, nonetheless, your will be done, not mine. Jesus felt what you and I feel. And it's okay to feel pain. It's, all, it's okay to be grieved. But again, we need to process it, look to Jesus and move beyond it. You know, grief's caused by so many things. It's the, it's the loss of something or someone. I'm going I'm to teach you a little more than preach. Uh, but we'll, we'll get there. Is this helping anyone? Thank you. <laughs> Grief's caused by so many things. The loss of something or someone, a, a trauma, unmet expectations, personal failings, grief, the past. But again, we shouldn't dismiss it or downplay it. It is real. And, and I want to encourage us this morning that grief is unavoidable, but sorrow is optional. Grief is unavoidable, but sorrow is optional. You don't have to get stuck in sorrow. You don't have to walk this on your own. You don't have to wallow in the pain of a moment. You can get through it. And I love what it says in Psalm 30 verse 5. It says, his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're in a season or a time of pain or grief or loss, that, that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Keep walking this thing out. Keep pressing forward. Keep looking to Jesus because joy is on its way. And the Bible says that joy of the Lord is our strength. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to fill you. He wants to, you to live the abundant life. And like I was saying, the enemy wants you bound. He wants you stuck. He wants you momentumless. He wants you in a place where you feel like I'm caged in, but God wants you free. You know, John 10, 10 says the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission, his purpose, his assignment against you in life. He wants to rob your peace. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to limit you in life. But it says, but I have come, Jesus speaking, that you may have life and life more abundantly. I've come that you could get unstuck. I've come that you could move forward. I've come that you could dream again. I've come that you could be filled, that you could be all that you were created and destined to be. Amen. Come on, let's give God a, a hand clap. You know, I, I remember in 2005, we were part of uh, C3 Oxford Falls at that time. We were running the youth ministry with Jürgen and Leanne. Uh, we had 1,000 kids in youth on a Friday night and Sunday morning, and we were running conferences all around Australia. So we'd run youth conferences in Sydney, Melbourne, and Perth. We'd get about 2,000 kids to each. Uh, and it was big. We would fly a team of 60 people there, and, and it was my responsibility because I ran the department, to, you know, from a budget perspective, from, a, from the airlines to the accommodation to the food to the, you know, all the equipment that we had for the, con the conferences. It was just a big time. And I remember right in the middle of this, uh, my auntie, my Uma died. My grandma died uh, of cancer but old age. Um, Two weeks later, my brother-in-law died of an overdose. He was found with a needle in his arm uh, in King's Cross. My sister had only just fallen pregnant the night before. Uh, two weeks after that, my auntie died after having 96 hours of chemotherapy. She basically cooked her. So in, th in, in six weeks, I'd lost three family members and 
my dad was usually the strength of the family, but he had lost his, his mother-in-law, his son-in-law, and his sister. So he was, he was done. He was, it was, I had to step up, and I had to carry the family. But I remember the grief that I felt. I remember the pain that I felt. I wouldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I didn't want to answer my phone. I was, I was jittery and nervous right in the middle of running conference. So I, I wasn't allowed to skip a beat. I just had to get on another plane and do what we do. Get on another plane, do what we do. And, and I, I got to a point where I realized the enemy wanted me stuck. The enemy wanted me unable to process my, my thoughts and my emotions. He wanted me in a place where I couldn't interact with others, so I'd isolate myself. He wanted me just bound up at, so that I would internalize. And I got to a point where I thought, this is it. This is me done. You know, this, this is, there's nothing else for me. I'll, I'll be able to function, and I'll be able to smile, and I'll be able to put on a good show, but this is me. And I felt like the Holy Spirit came to me and said, no, I want you free. I, if you will give this to me, I'll take it from you. You know, in Matthew 11, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Grief is a, is a heavy burden. It, it's, it's something that comes upon us and tries to weigh us down. But, but what I read before in Hebrews 12, it says, let us cast off every weight. We've got to cast off grief. We've got to get, there, there is hope beyond the moment. There is, there is life beyond the pain. There is, there is an eternity that I'm looking forward to. It's my hope and my salvation. That Come on, is this, all right? is this helping anyone this morning? So I, I just briefly want to talk about what is grief? Because we will, we will face it. We will have to walk through it. We will have to process it. So we should know. It. And it's simply a natural response to loss. A loss in our life, something that we love, something that's been taken from us, something that's slipped away, something we no longer have that we loved and desired. Uh, you know, it's the emotional suffering felt when someone or uh, something or someone you love is taken away. And, you know, it's like I was, I was thinking through this how does the grieving process play out? You know, what, what is this? Is it the same for everyone? Is it one size fits all? Is it, well, this is how you grieve, and there's one, two, three, four steps, and then I get to the other side? No, no, it's, it's, hugely unique and different for all of us because we're all unique and different yeah. uh, and, and how you face grief is how you're going to face grief so uh, what I want to encourage you in is, is don't beat yourself up about how you grieve grieve how you do but continue along the journey continue walking through the valley though you're shadowed by death though you're shadowed by pain and uncertainty and a future just just keep journeying just keep walking forward just keep looking uh, towards the day of breakthrough and, you know, grieving takes time and healing happens gradually. So be patient with yourself uh, and allow yourself uh, to process what's happening around you naturally. Um, I want to look at a few quick ways to... to and I want to pray for some people. I want to pray for anybody that's feeling heavy or burdened or weighed down because I know in a moment, in, with one touch from heaven, that, that Jesus can come upon your life and set you free. Amen? Amen. Uh, and while grief, uh, grief, that's a different type of grief, that's kind of the extended point of grief, that when you've really been grieved, you go to grief. Um, while grief is inevitable, there are ways to cope with the pain and come to terms with it so that eventually we find a way to pick up the pieces and move on with life. And, and I know people that have, have literally walked through a, a challenging time of loss and, and they've just sat down. I want to encourage you to stand up. The Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises above you. It, it's a new day. God is going to do a new thing in your life and through your life, and he wants you to experience all the joy that he has for you to experience and not be locked up by, by something that's happened or something that's been taken from you. So the first way to cope with grief, I believe, is just to acknowledge your pain. Yeah. 
It's real. Acknowledge it. It, it. It's happening. It's now. You're in the middle of it, and it's okay. And I want to encourage you, as you acknowledge your pain, uh, just don't be consumed by it. Acknowledge it, but don't let it consume you. Don't let it have a handle of your life, on your life. Take a hold of it. Do what you need to do with it. Walk through it. Process it, but then keep going. Uh, it says in uh, Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, cast your burden on the Lord. Again, intentional. Casting is an intentional action. It's, it's, it's active, not passive. It's, yes, I'm going to get through this, and yes, it's a process, but I'm going to also push back on those waves of emotions that are trying to bury me, and I'm going to rise afresh in Christ. Uh, cast your, care, uh, your burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He, he shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And I love that God promises to, confront, uh, to comfort those who grieve. In, in Matthew 5, 4, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Again, it's natural. It's, it's who we are. We've been given emotions. We've given you know, a mind to process. We've been given a heart that beats within our chest. It, it's, it's natural, but don't be crushed by it. Don't be, don't be burdened down to the point of uh, incapacitation. The second thing is, accept that, that grief can trigger different and unexpected emotions. You will feel certain things. We all feel things a certain way. Some people cry. Some people laugh nervously. Some people will scream. Some people will, whatever it is, you know, go and punch your punching bag, whatever it is. But, but I want to uh, just let you know, just, just accept that emotions will be triggered. You will feel certain things. You will want to perhaps do things outside of the way you usually would. Um, but don't let your emotions determine your actions. I've seen people undo their lives in a moment of anger and trauma and loss and grief, doing things they wouldn't otherwise do because they've been so triggered. Be triggered, but don't act upon those emotions. Don't, don't lash out. Don't, don't do what's against your, your, you know, your normal course of actions. Uh, and you know what? This is such a big subject, and, and I'm, I'm, there's so many more people that would be qualified to talk about it, but I just want to bring a bit of a God perspective this morning too. The struggle is real. Life is real. We, we, we face challenges. We go through hills with valleys, with, you know, twists and turns. Um, the next one is uh, understand that the grieving process will be unique to you. Like I just said, uh, do what you got to do, but don't do it alone. Do what you have to do, but don't isolate yourself. Remain in the community of, of belief and faith with people that will stand alongside you, that will lift you up, that will speak hope and joy into your world, that will laugh with you, that will cry with you. I've turned up to hospitals at times where somebody's passed away. I've turned up when a, a child's sick and, and I get into the room and I say nothing and I just cry with them. I've had a friend that just had a, a baby born Down syndrome. They, they did, had no idea prior to its birth. Uh, they love this little boy. He's, he's gorgeous. He's a gift to their world. Uh, he came over from New Zealand. I met up with him a few weeks back. We went and had breakfast, and literally for about two hours, we just cried. Ate food, cried. Ate food, cried. And, and at the end of it, he said, mate, that, that, you doing that was far more powerful than saying anything. It's going to be all right. You're going to get through. He's going to be a great young man. He goes, I know all those things. I believe he's a blessing from God to my life. I needed somebody to cry with me. For others, it's, I need, I, let's just laugh. Let's just go and hit a golf ball. Let's go to a movie. Let's go and do something. Don't isolate yourself. It will be unique to you, but do whatever you need to do to get through the grief and the pain to get to the, to the breakthrough. Fourth thing is seek support from people who care about you. In Job, and I don't know if you've read the story of Job, Job's covered in boils. He's, he's being afflicted of the devil because God said he could, uh, but he wasn't to take his life. He was in agony. He'd lost... 
He'd lost reputation, he'd lost finances, he'd lost his kids, he's, lo he's basically lost everything in life. He's destitute, he's desperate, he's in grief, and he's sitting down. And it says this, Job 2, verse 12, And when they raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head towards heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that he, his grief was very great. They just sat with him. He just had friends around him that accepted him, that got him. You need people in your world that just get you. On your best day, they want to be around. On your worst day, they want to be around. They get you. They understand that life's pressured. Life's tough. It's not always a bed of roses. It's not always wind behind your back pushing you forward. Sometimes there's a headwind. Sometimes there's a negative report. Sometimes there's grief that's, that's unavoidable and uncontainable. But you know what? I'm going to stand with you anyway. And I want to encourage you, identify those people in your world. There probably won't be too many of them. But identify those that will stand with you, that will sit with you, that will cry with you, and don't always have to be up and positive. You can get up and positive once we've got through the pain of the moment. You know, I read a quote this week that says, it costs nothing to pray for someone going through a tough time. Help them through the storm, say amen. We can be the strength for somebody else that they can say, you know what, God, you were faithful. God, you were ever-present. God, you never left me. You never forsake me. You, you adopted me into the family. You lifted my head up. You strengthened me. You gave me hope. Amen. Amen. The fifth thing I'd say is support yourself emotionally by taking care of yourself physically. When you're going through a time of grief, when you're weighed down, when you're pressured, eat well. Drink lots of water. Get enough sleep. I know this isn't my usual preach. I'm usually spitting and hollering and dancing and drawing lines and then stepping over the line and doing whatever we do. But I, I just want to get practical this morning that we can do certain things to help us get so that we can keep momentum in life. Get enough sleep. Exercise. Read. Sing. Pray. I love what it says in First Thessalonians. Uh, 4 verse 13 says, but I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, con concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We have hope. That's the, the, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him, those who sleep, in Jesus. In other words, our hope is in eternity. We may have suffered loss, but our hope is in eternity. When we are in Christ, we are assured an eternal salvation. Eternity with Christ, with those that have gone before us. And... Uh, I love that, the fact that we will be reunited. When my mum's uh, dad died, uh, she grieved, and, and mum's had a few miscarriages. I'm one of seven kids. Mum had a few miscarriages early on, and, uh, and without telling anyone, she just grieved over the loss of a baby. And then when her dad died, she grieved because she just loved her dad so much. They were close. Uh, they'd immigrated from Holland when she was only two. Uh, she couldn't speak English until she was five, and her dad was close to her and would always speak to her in Dutch. And this had a really close bond. When he passed away, she just grieved. And it wasn't until she went to God and she, that she said, God, I need, to, I need to know my father's in heaven. She got a vision uh, of an old man walking next to uh, someone that was about 17. Uh, at that stage, and so this is a long time ago, and as she's walking along, she said, well, God, who's that? And turned around, it was her father and the child that he'd lost. And God gave her a vision, and he said, you will be reunited. The day I come to take you, you will be, yeah, come on, God is so good. And I want to encourage us here this morning, there is hope beyond the pain, there is hope beyond the grief that we don't have to get stuck in or be swallowed up by the grief of the moment that we face.
Uh, you know, the, my main point today, I'm starting to spit, so here we go, uh, is to deal with grief is to take it to God and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your life. Take your grief to God. Take it to him. Go out onto a mountaintop. Go run a beach. Do whatever. Scream your lungs out. Do it, but take it to God. You know, the Bible says get angry but don't sin. It's okay to be angry. We just need to channel that anger. We just need to channel that emotion and say, God, I can do nothing about this, but you need to help me in it. I, I, I need you to take this from me. I need you to show me uh, the joy beyond the cross, the joy beyond the pain and the moment that I'm facing. And in Isaiah 61, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. You know, we all have deficit in some area of our lives. The good news is there is a way. Through the Holy Spirit, through the power of God, there is a way to get to the other side of the deficit that we feel. It goes on to say, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And what I, what I love about this is that broken hearts can be healed. If you will come to God, defenses down, you say, you know what, this is me. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm challenged by. God can heal your heart. A man may have broken it. A woman may have broken it. A circumstance, a loss, a challenge, grief in your life. But God is, is, is eternal. God is everlasting. God is the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He spoke and created the heavens and the earth. He can heal your heart. Whatever you bring to him, whatever you give to God, he will take, restore, and return in Jesus' name. Um, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Captivity doesn't have to be permanent. You may feel like you're a, you're a prisoner. You may feel like you're bound. You may feel like you're limited in life, but God wants to set you free. God wants you to live an abundant life, a blessed life, a joy-filled life. He wants to touch you and be with you. Uh, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The devil wants you believing that you'll always be bound, but by the Spirit, every single one of us can enter into freedom. It goes on to say, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Grief, I've, I've noticed, can make each of us feel less than acceptable, but God wants you to know his affirmation and his acceptance. You're his child, created in his image because he desired you so much. God wants you to know how loved you are, how precious you are. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy that can... can, that can can hold us and contain us listen to the truth of the word of God that you are loved and you know what if God loves you love yourself accept yourself happy enough to to do life in your own skin walk down the street I know people that live on the sunshine coast but are bound in their mind and bound in their emotions and bound in how they view themselves so it's, it's they may as well be living in, in you know in a third world country with no food no water no anything because there's no joy on the inside you know, it says, beloved, I pray above all things that you'd be in health and prosper just as your soul prospers. God wants you to prosper in your soul so you can prosper in your circumstances. Get free today. Just allow God to touch you. Let the Holy Spirit to come, come upon you to lift weights, lift burdens, take the grief from you so that you can live free. You know, Melissa goes, you, you, you do this and you do this and you do that and it's, and it's not right and it's not good. And I go, you know what, I should just deal with that. And, and I want to live free. I don't want to live bound by what, what I walked through 25 years ago that, that sits off a chain of reaction of emotions in my life that then I act upon. I'm like, no, I'm free in Christ. I'm a new creation. I can be joy-filled every day. I can be happy every day. I can dream for the future. I can look and go, you know what? Life is good. Because you know what? Life is good. So wherever you are today, whatever you're going through, life is good. God is for you and not against you. He's smiling on you. He, he stands and, and all of heaven backs your actions in life. Life is good. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And the day of vengeance 
of our God to comfort all who mourn. God is a God that comforts. He doesn't stand off afar in the nether-nether and as this ethereal force. God is close to you. The Word of God says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. I want to encourage you, press in, get intentional, press back against your emotions and, and your fears and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to fight for this closeness. I'm going to fight for this intimacy with God because He wants to help me mourn. He wants to console me. He wants to bring joy to my life. Uh, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of ha um, heaviness, that we may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. As we process and journey through our grief in life, which is inevitable, God gets glorified because we are created to be overcomers. If you find yourself always complaining, if you find yourself always negative, complaining is, is, the, is the language of victims. But the Bible says we're victors, that they're more, we're more than victors, that, that there is nothing that will take us out. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. There is no weapon. There is no lie. There is no attack of the enemy that shall prosper. You have been born of incorruptibles. You have been born to win, to rise above, to overcome, to live in victory. Amen? Come on, I want to read a few scriptures and then we're going to pray. And these are just scriptures and promises from God himself to us. Amen? Revelation 21, verse 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. I love that. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Matthew 5, uh, starting in verse 1. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Psalm 73. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is my strength, is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can I encourage you? Let God be your strength. Let God be your portion. Where there is deficit, let him bring fulfilling and, and overflowing and abundance towards your life. There are things that you can't change, and if you can't change it, then don't carry it. Cast it off to him. Give it back to him, saying, you know what? The Holy Spirit is our X factor in life. The Holy Spirit is our point of empowerment. The Holy Spirit uh, is the very thing that, that allows the miraculous access into our life. When we open ourselves up to the Spirit of God, God can do what God wants to do in your life. And, and you may not understand it. You may not be able to reason it. You may not. Well, how does this work? It doesn't matter how it works. It works. Yeah. I've seen miracles over the last 25 years that as, I, as I've traveled the globe and, and just seen people set free. While we were just in San Diego, uh, I had a healing altar call. People were there. One gentleman said he'd, for 27 years he'd had uh, a bad shoulder because of a car accident. He was in massive pain, couldn't even lift his arm in a moment, one second. A crazy guy from Australia comes over and says, well, God's healed you. And the power of God touched it, and he got healed in a moment. And I said, what was the pain like every single day? He said, at least 8 out of 10. I, I'm saying, so you're feeling 8 out of 10 pain for the last 27 years. He goes, for the last 27 years. And in a moment, it was gone. In a moment, it changed. It shifted. I, I want to encourage you that God can be your portion. God can be enough. God can sustain you. God can be, you know, the, the difference between you making it and failing in life if you'll press into him. Uh, John 14, 1 says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
Just go to a place, God, I believe. I may not understand, but God, I believe. Today, I choose to position myself in faith that you are able to get me through and beyond what I'm currently facing. Those unmet expectations, those unfulfilled prayers, those, those things that I, I'm challenged by. You know, Hebrews 12, let us cast off every weight. Let us throw off every weight that's trying to entangle us and, and, and limit us in life. Hebrews 11 starts by all the great men and women of faith that died getting their promises. The second half of Hebrews 11 is all of those that died in faith, not yet receiving the promises, the answer to, to what they were believing for, but they stayed in faith. It, you know, it says that we're not of those that shrink back unto destruction, we're of those that press forward under salvation. Let's just keep pressing forward. Let's just keep believing. Let's just keep going to faith because it's the greatest adventure you could ever live. Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4. Surely took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that, was, that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Your grief, your burden, your pain, your separation, your sickness, your limited life was placed on Jesus so that we could receive Jesus and truly live. Amen. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you will go. Don't do life alone. Do life with God. He's, he's your travel buddy. He's your companion. He's, he's with you every day, in the car, in the surf, at work, whatever you're doing. He is with you. Acknowledge that he's with you. Take your strength from him. Be courageous and move forward towards a glorious future. Amen? Amen. Romans 8. Let me finish with this. So I might get the team to come. Uh, let me finish with this and then we're going to pray. Romans 8, 28. You all know this scripture. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purposes. God works all things to work together for good. All things aren't good, but if we give them to God, he can work them together for our good. Isaiah 64.4 says, God works for those that wait for him. He meets with those who rejoice. We, we, need, to, we need to put on some joy. We need to put on some, some attitude. We need to go, you know what? I'm going to look at it because life is good. I'm looking forward. I'm going to get happy regardless of my circumstance. Can I encourage you here today? Let's be men and women that walk in faith, that walk in victory, that enjoy every single day of our lives and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that you're for me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that I have salvation. It says in Thessalonians, it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. God's will is that you would be a, a joyous person, that you would have communion with him, that when he speaks, you would hear his voice. Rejoice always. Pray without sin. Give thanks. That we would have gratitude in our hearts. Can I encourage you? Just look at life and smile and just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for those things that cause me grief. I get to get bigger. I get to, to exercise my authority. I get to enlarge my capacity. I'm not going to be held back or bound. I'm going to move forward in life. Can we just stand to our feet this morning? I really felt like the Lord said to me to, to pray for people here today. That if you're feeling heavy or you're feeling weighed down by an anger or you're feeling like, you know what, I'm just challenged and I need some strength, I need some support to, to invite you forward this morning so that he can touch you. 
Now it says in Matthew 5, it says, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Righteousness is, is right standing with God. Righteousness is God himself. He is a righteous God and he wants to fill you. And it says, those that hunger and thirst for more of him will be filled. He's not withholding anything. The word of God says that every good and perfect gift comes to us from our Father in heaven. So I want to encourage you. We're going to sing through. I'm not sure what we're going to sing, but it's going to be amazing. And as we do, Melissa knows what we're going to sing. As we sing, I just want to open the altar and I want to welcome you forward this morning. And I want to encourage you to come and just say, if you're feeling it, it's okay to feel it. If you want to cry, come and cry. If you want to laugh, come and laugh. Kneel, stand, whatever. But why don't you have a moment with God where you say, God, today I'm casting off the weights. I'm casting off those things that are trying to limit and bind me in life because I want to be refreshed. I want to be refilled and I want to walk away today in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.